Our gracious Lord, we just ask that you open up scriptures for us today, that we may hear your word afresh and anew, that we may understand it with a new vigor and a new life and a new lease of life. Lord, we just pray this in your holy name. We pray this in the power of the Holy Spirit that is upon us now. May your Holy Spirit guide our hearts and our minds to a fuller understanding of you. We pray this in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, um, oh good, we've got it up on the screen. That's fantastic. It's fantastic when tech works. Um, or oh, people running the tech do it even better. So there you go. So Thanks, Josh. Last week... And the week before, we were speaking about vision, about personal vision and about the vision of the church. And this week and the next two weeks after that, what I want to do, and what Kerry's going to do in the last week, so I'm going to preach this week and next week, and Kerry's going to preach in the third week, is I want to actually take it. Take it to another level. I want to take it not just from vision, but I want us to take it from vision into action, of moving it from that point of having this idea, having God speak into your life and going, this is where we need to be, into the point of taking that and putting it into practical, real things. So we're going to hear some scriptural things. We're going to hear from scripture about prophets and people who have had visions and then putting things into practice. And we're going to hear about practical, real people who have taken a vision that they've had and put it into practice. And we're going to be challenged by God to do it ourselves as well. So it's about taking it more than what it is. So this week we are going to be focusing on the Valley of Dry Bones and specifically about spiritual reformation. So what I want to do is share with you some of the scriptures. It comes from Ezekiel, chapter 37, and we're going to be reading through verses 1 through to 14, but I'm going to break it up so we can look at that a little bit more carefully. So, and I'm going to put a really big passage of scripture up on there. So this is the first section I want us to focus on. Now the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. So how many people have heard this passage before? So this is first time? Okay, so... It's probably really good to read through the whole thing, but it's a vision. And he's, he's seeing this valley of dry bones. Now, it sounded really horrible now, isn't it? It's sounding nasty. Why am I standing in the middle of these dry, dead bones? Now, so often when we look at this passage and people uh, preach on it and talk about it, they use it as a, a metaphorical example of spiritual death and resurrection to spiritual life. But I want to take you actually back a little bit further into what would be more of a reality for these people. See, the thing is, because Ezekiel's writing this, and he's, he's in exile, an invading army has come in, wiped out the people and taken them off. And so he's talking to the people who have been carted away. But see, the thing is, what armies used to do 
is as they came in to invade a city, to, to take over and conquer that city, they would kill people along the way. And they would just leave them beside the road as they came in because they didn't want those people living near a place to come and help and support the army of the place they're invading. So they would kill all those innocent bystanders, innocent peasants living around the city. Because the last they wanted was peasants behind them coming and attacking them while they were trying to attack another enemy. That's really bad strategy. So they would actually kill them and they would leave them and their bodies would be picked clean and when they come back out they would leave the bones there as a testament to the power of that army. And people would know that that army had come in and killed everybody and they were powerful. And so we see this vision of coming... So it's a real reality for people back in the time, a really reality of seeing death of power and, and, and discontent of all of this and being displaced. So there's a real thing, not just metaphoric, but real as well. And I think often we skip that when we read this. We want to go to the metaphoric because it's much nicer. But the reality is there are situations and places where there is death and there is hardship. But God has a vision for restoring and bringing people back to life. And this is what is so great about this, because I'm just going to jump into the next one, next section. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Tell them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath. And the Hebrew word for that is really wind or spirit, to actually give you the spirit within you to breathe new life into you and to give you breath into you and you will come to life i will attach tendons to you make flesh come upon you cover you with skin and i will put breath in you and you will come to life then you will know that i am the lord see that is amazing because that's what he was told to go and do to these dry dead bones to a symbol of desolation to a symbol where no life is, he's been told to go and prophesy, tell them about, prophesize to tell them about the love of God, the power of God, who God is. And through that, new life comes. So what we need to remember is God has the power to bring back to life whatever is dead to bring back to power whatever is dead. So that's a really important thing for us to remember. So if we go back and we look at all of this again, and let's go back into the metaphoric, not just the reality. And, and so this is foreshadowing, foreshadowing Jesus Christ, foreshadowing the restoring of the kingdom of Israel, foreshadowing Christ returning physically from the dead. But if we come back and revisit this metaphorically about our spiritual death, our life as well, we realise that it doesn't matter who we are, where we are, because at times we're dry, we're parched, we're like dry bones ourselves, where our life may not be truly in check with, with God's purpose for our, ourselves. And we see and we know that God has a purpose for us and will give us new life. See, this is big and powerful. 
because God will breathe life back into the spiritually dead. God can breathe life back into you. But see, the thing is, you've got to hear it. You've got to hear that voice be told to you. You've got to hear that prophecy come to you. See, God was restoring the people of Israel just as God is restoring us as a church, us as individuals, us as a nation, us as a world. So let's just jump into that, the, the, the actual next passage. And we're just going to go through from verse 7. I'm just going to swap iPads here. Just 7. So, and I want you to hear what Ezekiel did. Notice that he was told to go and do this, and then, so I prophesied as what? As I was commanded. Notice this. He's gone from the vision of being told to do this, of seeing the dry bones, of seeing it come together, and then he does what? So I prophesied as I... He put it into action. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise... A rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and tendon and flesh appeared to them, and skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to, say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says Come, breathe from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as commanded. Notice this again action, vision, action. And breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says, My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. And I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land and then you will know that I am the Lord, have done as I have spoken. I have done it, declares the Lord. Notice, notice how important it is that... I just turn myself off. Notice how important it is to actually see that in each of these... There is not just vision, but there's an action, and actually going and doing. And it's the doing, so I prophesied on what happened. He did the action and things came about. Because vision is important. We need to remember, vision is really important. We've got to know what God wants us to do. We've got to have that in our life. We've got to have a plan for it. Have you ever... Let me, let me just draw back for a moment. Let's just draw back from being the big grand kind of thing, big stuff that God's doing. Have you ever had something that you thought was really important? That you've started to actually make some ideas. You've got, gone, look, I really want to do this with my life or I really think this is important I want to make this happen. You may have even written some things down around it. But it's sat there. It's been a vision. It's just sat there and it's just sat there. And you know what happens when a vision isn't acted upon? It's it, nothing. It just stays there. Nothing happens. When vision is not acted upon, when there is no action, there is no life. It just stays as a vision. 
So vision is important, but if it's left just there, there is no life because we must act upon the vision that God has given us in our lives. We must actually do something. We must put it into practice. So I said I wanted to not only just focus upon the, 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 the biblical part and about Ezekiel looking at this, I wanted to look at a real practical thing of somebody having a vision of spiritual reformation, and you might be getting the little links here, the little hints that I'm doing, because during the week on the 31st of October, believe it or not, is the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther creating, basically, the impetus to create the, the Protestant church. So the church that you are sitting in right now, the church over the road, the church around the corner, down the road, around the world, actually stems from this moment in time. 500 years ago, Martin Luther basically saw that what was happening within the church where you were paying for your way out of purgatory, the step before coming out of, you know, step before hell and before you're going into heaven, there was a thing called indulgences. And you could pay money to get years off purgatory. And so the church became fat and rich. And he said, this is not what it's meant to be. And he nailed 95 theses, 95 things that were important for the church. And then he, you know, the church as it is, didn't like it and spent five years arguing and making it really hard. And he spent five years of hard work arguing and and, and making his point that the future, the vision for the church, what really needed to be is it needed to be centred around the saving work of Jesus Christ. It needed to be centred around in what was found in Scripture. And so it was quite a different scenario. And it was actually taking it and saying, it is more important to hear Christ's message, Christ alone, in your life than it is to pay money to get years off purgatory. Let scripture speak to you. And so he took that vision of seeing that the church could be changed. And out of that we have the church as we know it today. In lots of different forms. You know, different people wanted to take it further in one way or another way. But lots of different forms of the church coming out of that. And it's so important and so powerful for us to hear that. That when vision happens and action is put in place, great things happen because God is at work with those who listen to God's voice and his vision. But let's bring it closer. Let's move it from vision to action. Let's bring it really close. Now, we're going to speak about our church now. Now, and I want want you to be excited because last year, I don't want you to get excited because we did the National Church Life Survey, but last year we did the National Church Life Survey, um, which is a survey of all, all churches within Australia, 
And unfortunately for those that didn't have the joy of doing this, you, you fill out these lots and lots of questions all about the church, about your faith, about your understanding of all of this. You spend all this time and it takes them a little while to digest all this information and, and, and send out pretty graphs and everything else. I want to share with you some stuff, some information about this church. But what I want you to do is understand that 10 years ago, and actually longer than that, but let's just say 10 years ago, there was a vision for this church to change. There was a vision for this church to become fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ, to actually lead people, to deepen their faith, to un get more sense of worship and wonder and, and really wanting to seek God's presence. So I'm going to show you some graphs. And believe it or not, I'm really excited about graphs, not just because they're graphs, but because they tell a fantastic story. The first growth... The first graph we have up here is, is actually about the growth in understanding of God. And so this is talking about our church. So you need to see the dark blue line is us um, last year. So 2016, our latest results. Uh, in, in two, Ten years ago is the light blue. And the region around us is that you know, grey, green, browny kind of colour. Okay, but what you want to see is growth in our understanding of God. In our church... Here, in our worship, there is a growth in understanding of God. Have a look what's happened. Within 10 years, it's gone from 21% to 50% of people saying they have a growth always in their understanding of God when they come to worship. Hallelujah. Isn't that an amazing change? Amazing, amazing change. Because, you know why? It's a vision to make a change. And slowly but surely, we've been doing the action to put that into change. And these are some of the results. They're not things that I'm making up. These are your answers. This is what you are feeling. It's not what Simon is saying, I think the church is doing. This is really what the church is doing. The next one, have a look at this. Inspiration. How often are you inspired by our worship, by coming together? Have a look, 13 to 48%. What amazing jump in 10 years to come here and, and, and see this is actually probably one of the best key indicators of church and listening to God. When you come and you're inspired because of what God is, whether through worship and music, whether through prayer, whether through study with, a, with, with one of the life groups, whether it's through the message that is given, how it comes, there is an inspiration here. And it's that inspiration that draws people to say, I want to be involved. I want to actually hear God's voice happening in this world and I want to see it change and I want more people to hear this. That's what it is. And, you know, to, to keep the same thing on usually, so we've, we've jumped a massive amount in inspiration. Another really big key indicator is that having the sense of the God's presence here in worship. 22% to 50% said, went from 22 to 50%, they always felt the presence of God in worship. That's a massive thing. That is massive. So we've taken all these, sometimes I feel the presence all the way up. It's about seeing the vision of where we can be and working and putting things into action. This is important and really powerful things for us. Let's have a look at some other key thing. 
and this one, this one makes us feel really good because one of the things, it's not about me. No, no, it's not about me because one of the things is that we have great preachers. And it's not just me. We have developed other great preachers. Kerry, Caleb, Eric, Joanne are all great preachers and present a message of God that is helpful. And look at this. To go from 21% of people saying that they always find that the preaching is helpful all up to a massive 53%. Always. Over half the people say always preaching is helpful. And I love this. I love this last little one. 0% said rarely or nothing. So I love that. Until you're fantastic. Yeah, I can do it. Sometimes, you know, it's decreased and usually it's decreased, but we've got a massive always and nobody's saying that, it, you know, we, we, we don't provide good help or preaching or inspiration through this. So this is really great things. This is our church putting vision into action. Are you getting excited? Uh, you know, graphs are really boring and difficult things, but, you know, occasionally when we have a look at this stuff, this is good because this is a pat on your back. This is going, God is at work in here. How about this? Music is appreciated. Music is one of the central things within worship. And have a look at this. You know, and we don't have um, in 2016, but we have 68% of people, 67% of people saying always they feel the music is re reaching them and touching them. So two thirds of everybody says that. And then, you know, or, you know 28%, nobody says music does not touch them at all. So we're really hitting the goals and what we're wanting to achieve. We just need to keep on listening to God and keep on coming back and keep on doing. You know, and that's so important because what we need to do is move from the vision, and I outlaid a number of visions for you, a number of visions that the church could be doing. And I really want to talk into your life as well. That If you've had a vision that God has placed on your heart, I want you to take that moment Really work at it, really wrestle with it, really bring it to other people, really make it so, so there's some accountability, but start putting into plan and practice what God has placed on your heart. Start doing the things that you need to do to get that vision into a reality. You need to move from vision to action, but we need to keep on coming back and hearing God. It's not about you, it's about God working through you to create this wonderful movement. Now, yes, last week, not yesterday, last week, we talked about how we could become a digitally connected community. And, and we talked about how, as a commitment, what we're going to do is make sure our website is always, got, is always up to date, got up to date information, has always got the last week's message always up there and all of the previous messages. So we, we, we record our message every week. And, and this week, I'm really glad to say we have it up there. It's already there doing. But we've done some more stuff. We've done a little bit more work to say, how can we connect with people? What are the things that can inspire people? How can people um, make that connections? And we thought, well, how do we use social media to our advantage? Now, we've made sure that the church now has an Instagram account. So if, you, if you're Instagramming kind of people, we have that, and through that we can see, you can see what's going on, but also we can use that to, you know, if you're following Instagram, we'll probably send out um, little things about what's happening. So if you want to follow us, it's New Beginnings Uniting, isn't it? Pretty sure off the top of my head. Yep, it's New Beginnings Uniting. Follow that, and then you can catch up with what we're doing, some of the photos and pictures 
It, it's purely picture-driven. And we said we were going to do that. This is vision into action. We also made sure, you know, we're, we're making sure that uh, Twitter's not forgotten. So it's New Beginnings U is our handle for, for Twitter for those who are Twitter fanatics um, so that we can keep people up. And, you know, Twitter's, we're, we're going to make sure there's some inspiration there and information so that we're really wanting to engage. Um, we've also done some groundwork at how can we be a community of faith and really build on that in a digital world as well. How can we have an online worship presence? So we've started some of that process of actually building that infrastructure. Now, I'd love to be able to go, we can do it next week. But it's going to take time, and it's going to take energy, it's going to take effort, and it's going to take people to make this happen. So if you really want to see a church that is reaching beyond itself and reaching out of the community digitally as well as physically, then get on board and get encouraged. I encourage you to follow us on social media feeds. We have our Facebook page up as well, so if it was, which is New Beginnings Uniting. Um, so if you want to follow that, do that as well. We want to make sure the information is there. If you want to catch on to all of those things, you can do it through the website as well. So nbu.org.au. They've got links up at the top of the page that will take you to all of those social media feeds. But there's the other thing. We also want to make sure that with, it, with ourselves that we are, we're keeping you informed so we're making sure that we, we for those who are you know, members or want to help provide information, we can give you information back. Um, we, we've been doing our text message system again so that we just make sure that you're informed of what's happening and what's going on. So, you know, we, we take this seriously when we start to think about it as a church. How do we have a vision and put it into action? And I want to say we've been doing this consistently, quietly, with purpose and energy to make the change. You can see some of those changes that we just had on the stats. But it is about realising that we do not have to be a valley of dry bones. We don't have to be spiritually dead. We don't have to be physically dead. That God is doing a massive and amazing and powerful thing in our lives, each and every one of us, and within our church. And it's catching hold of that vision of letting God breathe into you new life so that you can do amazing things. So I'm just going to stop and I'm going to pray because I think God is speaking to your lives and I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be enlivened and I want you to be renewed. So let's just pray. Our gracious Lord, we give you thanks for today. We give you thanks for the message, the, the vision that Ezekiel had all those years ago that still speaks to us in so many different ways, in, the, in, in ways where it touches us personally. Are we spiritually dry? Are we just bones without flesh on? Or don't we have the breath of God within us? Help us to understand our lives more deeply. Help us to understand the purpose of God for us. Help us to have that breath of God breathe into us. Lord, if there's a, if there's a need for, for somebody to prophesy into somebody's life, that they may have the word of God placed upon them, that they may become full and hopeful to hear the message of Christ, Christ resurrected in their life. Help us to recognise and realise that. Lord, we ask that 
that you be with us and that you guide us, that you draw us from being dry to alive, full of your breath, full of your life. May we as a church, as a body of people, continue to lead people to become fully devoted disciples of you, our Lord Jesus Christ, that, that we, as Luther said, we make Christ central in all that we do. It's not about the latest, it's not about the coolest, it's about Christ and Christ's message of being central. So we ask for a reformation of our lives, of our church, of our hope, that we may come again and make Christ a part of who we are. And Lord, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the many ways in which you continue to bless us and continue to bless this community. May you continue to, to show your mercy, show your care, show your spirit of joy and happiness. Lord, I just ask that you continue to have that growth that only you can provide within the life of this community, within the life of this church, and within our lives as well. Oh Lord, we just pray this in the power of the Holy Spirit, of the power of Jesus' name upon our lives. We pray this now. Amen.